Now I have a double life. I have two kids. So it's it's a kind of like a split personality kind of vibe you know one night I'm jumping around on stage next minute I'm in a park you know or going (laughs) to the school or something like that yeah I mean playing live is certainly addictive I think you know with certainly with our kind of music where it's kind of just a complete unleashing you know what I mean it's just it's that's what I love about it because you you spend so long in a van and then the payoff at the end of the day is just to mental you know it's kind of beautiful actually if people have a couple of kids and they complain that they never get to go out and have fun and this is your job <laughs> yeah, you get to be debaucherous in front of a, a crowd of people i know it is good yeah and i get to travel the world and look at all the cool neighborhoods and get my super 8 camera out and do filming and stuff so i don't think i always i never refer to it as a tour i always call it a holiday yeah you must have slowed down a little bit when the kids came oh yeah i mean back in the day we used to be away for months on end this is like the most we've toured for years this is you know and this is two weeks so it's doable you know most of the time i'm around much more than other dads you know what i mean so it's not a problem i don't think at the minute is two weeks is that kind of the sweet spot right now i can certainly see as the tour's going on we're kind of getting better as a band yeah it's feeling more natural and it's just like this is what we are now you always have, particularly with the go team, we always have a few wobbly gigs, and then we kind of get in the zone, you know. It's that thing of just sort of starting to hit your stride at this point as you're packing yeah. it up. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of that going on. Yeah, I mean, we we were supposed to be going to keep going down to Philly and Atlanta and Florida and all that kind of stuff, yeah. but people have jobs in the band now, so it's kind of pretty tricky to balance everything. There was no notion though that when when the kids came along, that'd be kind of time to settle down and get like i guess a real job um i don't think so if, if not from my point yeah. of view you know i can still sort of survive off the go team amazingly after all these years however long it's been 14 maybe 15 years it's amazing really and i never thought of it as a job i still don't it's just delaying getting a job for me you know it seems like everyone kind of more or less works toward your schedule i mean you you're the one who sits down and <laughs> yeah. you're the one who collects all the music and then mm. when it's time to you know send up the bat signal you're the guy who gets everybody in order yeah and i'm kind of a slow worker as well i will spend months on end yeah. listening to hundreds and hundreds of songs and i don't quite know where it's all going to end but i i, ho- I hoard stuff and um I think that's the thing I've got going for me more than I'm not a shredder. I can't play guitar particularly well, but I'm persistent and I can clock a good melody. So I, I'm the one that will keep going and going and going and going and going and going until I've got what I think is a good song, you know. You're a good editor. You're a collector. You know where things are as you're writing them down and, and keeping them. Do you have a yeah, good system? I mean, I'm, yeah, all that kind of geeky stuff. I mean, I think I'm... My thing is aesthetics, I think, really. You know, yeah. thinking about what the band is... And thinking in visual terms, you know, it's that old kind of chain in the gang idea, you know, mm-hmm. that band. Yeah, yeah, who, of course. Who kind of, um, you know, would say, start the band with a band photo. That's the first thing you do. You don't write a song, you do get the band photo done. So I kind of, I'm not as shallow in that, in that way, but I'm certainly aesthetically driven. You know, I, I'm a great believer in bands not just picking up a guitar and just knocking out a song you have to kind of get an angle you have to yeah. what's your world view what's your everything what are you into what films are you into what colors what fonts you know so it's everything that's kind of this kind of coherent idea of what a band is for me you know that's what i'm into the, the kind of who are you idea you know years ago i interviewed wayne coin from the flaming lips and 
we yeah, did, he, we, he's a he's an aesthetics man all the way. No, and, and, no we did, and we discussed you know gimmicks because you know people think of gimmick as being kind of a dirty word, but for him it's sort of a, it's a hook. I mean it's a way to it's a way to bring people in. Yeah, I mean he's similar. He can't play guitar particularly, yeah. but he's the ideas man, isn't he? So I kind of like ideas bands, you know, and you know them, you know, you know them. They are super furry animals. They're mm-hmm. they're flaming lips. Yep. They're beasties. They are Beck's, quite maybe one of them. You know, people who just sort of think beyond more than just picking up a guitar. I think you know, a White Stripes were one. Things like that, you know, I like not just another band type thing, leaving your mark, all those sort of stuff, you know. I work in tech during the day. In the world of startups, they call it the elevator pitch. Are you familiar with that concept? I, I can imagine what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's, essentially, it's, it's, it's the, uh, the length uh, of an elevator. You, you pitch give me someone. one sentence about yeah. it, yeah. I mean, I'm pleased. I think that the Go team is um, quite instantly recognizable when a song comes on. I think you could probably clock who it was pretty sharpish, yeah. you know. So, and 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 you, if you describe something as go teamy, people would probably know vaguely what that meant, you know. So I, I kind of, if nothing else, I'm pleased about that, and I'm pleased that we're still here, you know, after all this yeah. time, you know. Did it come into the world fully formed? I mean, you feel like right out of the gate, you knew exactly what you wanted it to be. I guess so. I mean, the first song that I thought was go teamy was "Get It Together," what people now think of as the Little Big Planet theme. Yeah, that was a song which was was fucked up enough. It had it was Jackson Five one minute it had a bit of Sonic Youth in there it had sort of electro even country you know so it was, it was kind of I thought okay that's it that's kind of what I could happily call go team yeah. you know that idea of ramming together all these disparate things but it has this sort of technicolor but but fucked up kind of quality to it you know so I guess I guess that was and we still play that song so in that way I always thought of it simultaneously I'm always pulled in lots of different directions but I'm kind of into bubble gum and noise at the same time and I imagine kind of technicolor things but a bit trippy and a bit wrong and distortion things like that female female blaring stuff you know ramming together different worlds and for me it's almost utopian in a way because it's not about my life particularly it's not about my day-to-day life Mm. where I'm you know, going down the street high fiving people. You know, <laughs> it's almost how I want the world to be, or how I wish my life was. And I'm tr- almost trying to do it justice in a way. I'm trying to kind of crack it, almost yeah. kind of reach this unattainable, or do it justice. You know, that kind of idea. And the utopian thing is kind of about the idea of you know being into sort of deer hoof at the same time yeah. as the Jackson Five yeah. and Bollywood, and and seeing no kind of just no bl- no boundary between any of that stuff and guess in a political kind of a way in a sub sort of subconsciously subconscious kind of a way it, as soon as you kind of articulate it, it becomes quite quite sort of misworldly and a bit cheesy do you know what i mean <laughs> hey can't we all get on you know yeah, it's, it's, it becomes it's, it's a communist just, manifesto yeah it's, it's a balancing act so yeah. i kind of try not to articulate it but it's just a sort of a feeling i have you know what i mean it's kind of i kind of think of it as the good things in life really in the most sort of sincere why but I, I get it that people think it sort of delves into being cutesy sometimes yeah. and I can kind of get that so I'm kind of trying to pull it back I'm aware of that it's it's quite sincere for me though it's not there's nothing ironic or cheesy or pop gimmicky or any of that kind of stuff it's quite a sincere thing for me you know when you include a marching band though do you feel like you're kind of falling into that trap of maybe being a little a little cheeky or a little uh, I don't. I don't mind cheekiness. I think it's personality. Yeah. You know, I think I'm trying to get personality, but in a 
genuinely cool kind of a way you know for instance on the song semicircle song when the kids go down the line and say hi i'm i'm yeah there's star signs i'm uh shannon and i'm an aquarius you know <laughs> i i think some people might think that's cheesy i think it's fucking cool you know yeah. it's, like, it's like what you know it's like take your side you know what i mean i'm imagining things like soul train just wrongness and rightness all together you know that's that's kind of where I'm at. It's interesting, though, getting back to the idea of utopia. That's how people consume music now, right? I was just talking to somebody about this the other day, that the goods and the bads of the Spotify, for example, you've got all the music in the world mm. at your fingertips, mm. but the, the, the inverse of it is, is you're being offered it up with absolutely no context whatsoever. It makes discovery hard. Mm. It makes sort of properly understanding the music difficult mm. at the same time. But there is this opportunity to really just have no prejudice or preconceived mm. notions about music. I love the idea of curating your life. Almost. Yeah. So everyone's a curator these days, aren't they? You know, you're, you can cherry pick all the food, the best food, the best TV shows. Everything's just there for you. And half the battle is just kind of wading through the shit, isn't it? So I kind of like the idea that you can kind of cut out the shit things in the world, yeah. even more so now. But the flip side to that is that they, they have you by the bollocks because they know everything about you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so there's, there's no... Uh, yeah, I think I like the idea of cherry-picking the good stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And no, there being no, no excuse to wade through shit that's wasting your time. You know, I think you just get to the good stuff. But like you say, I think when we started, the idea of being into everything was a bit rarer i think there was something a bit more unusual about kind of slamming things together but everyone yeah i think people aren't so snobby about pop music these days are they i think an indie kid would would name drop gaga or something without skipping a beat you know there wouldn't be that tribal thing that we used to have but for me um the go team has been always been about particular things you know you don't just say you're into funk because funk can be the worst and the best music ever made you know what i mean (laughs) you know are you into the meters or you into level 42 so it's quite particular and soul as well soul can be really bad or it can be the best thing you've ever heard in your life yeah it's quite particular it's not just saying i'm into the you know, I like soul. It's saying I like this, this, this sort of thing. You know, funk or soul are, are difficult from the standpoint of the idea of authenticity. It's a hard thing to bring to the table. You know, especially with music like that, um, mm. it doesn't seem to be something that you are particularly concerned with or shy away from. However, I mean, it's a funny one. I mean, authenticity normally means things like production, mm-hmm. and oh, sometimes it does. Anyway, those are sort of shortcuts, aren't they? Yeah. For you know, the snare drum sound, using warm mics, things like that, putting onto tape and stuff like that. And it also is a sort of, it's kind of trying to replicate the past, isn't it, when you when you say authenticity, really? I don't know, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I've always thought it's a bit of a mirage, the concept of authenticity, and it's something which people sort of stage manage. Often it's a brand, almost. So Kurt Cobain was a master of giving the illusion of authenticity when really he wanted to be a superstar, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pretend he, you know, it's, it's kind of a bit of a mirage, this concept of authenticity. Some people get away with it. He, he got away with it. Yeah, I think it's, all, it's a bit of a PR exercise, mm. the concept of authenticity for me a little bit. It's kind of whatever you decide it is, really. If you you know, it's a personal thing, really. I don't quite know what it means, really. Because it's never... I've never l- literally tried to make the go-to about my life, you know, mm. in a, hey, listen to my story or anything like that. It's much more second-hand. So it's almost like I'm invisible in some respects in the process, you know, that you wouldn't guess 
that I'd written these songs maybe but at the same time I'm, I'm all over it as well so I'm kind of I'm invisible but I'm all over it at the same time it's a funny thing you know it, I mean it really is a form of escapism for you in just about every way yeah except even that even the concept of escapism is a dangerous word in 2018 you know particularly so I'm aware I don't want it to appear like I'm saying forget about Trump and all the bullshit that's going on let's party you know I don't want that to be the message I mean that's a good that's a good message for a night or two <clears throat> exactly well a couple of hours yeah I don't, the length of I one don't of your shows it, I don't want it to be apolitical in this kind yeah. of um, yeah hey let, you know forget that shit you know let's there is an element of that for me it's about kind of turning off it's, it's it, for me. I I think of it more as not letting them get you down, almost. You know, not not letting them have the the pleasure of defining the time we're living in, where mm-hmm. you you have to write about the headlines or or things like that. So it's more about making our own reality, our own definition of what 2018 means, rather than letting them get in your face yeah. where you can't think about anything else, you know what I mean? You have to compartmentalize just to survive. Exactly. There's, there's so many horrible yeah. things happening in the world at any yeah. one time. It's almost, that's the challenge of our time, is splitting your brain, so one minute you're all over the news, you know exactly what's going on, and then the next minute you're saying, fuck them lot, let's get on with our own thing here, over here, which they can't touch us, and almost saying, like, there's good things in the world still that can't be reached by those motherfuckers, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like that idea, really, that there's still lots going on, and kind of getting it in context in a way, I suppose, you know. With Trump, with Brexit, with all these things happening, do you channel that into your music? Is that something that you feel the need to address? Not in a literal way. I don't think I would write a literally a trump song or anything i mean there's a song called getting back up on the album which kind of alludes to the idea of community and things like that you know kind of organizing that kind of idea you know protest songs are tricky ones aren't they because they're often sort of cringe fests especially when they're too literal yeah i've always been in the you know into the idea of disguising things if there is a if there is a meaning there just because it becomes really clunky and and the shelf life is pretty short too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the idea of the classic song is quite a big one for me. Something that's sort of undeniable, almost. Yeah. You know, in the in the way that Motown was, where it just fucking just takes your head off, and it's just like. <sighs> but the melody is just so fucking watertight and so killer that you can't deny it. Almost. That's kind of what I'm going for a little bit as well. I mean, you've got a song like "War" by Edwin Starr, mm-hmm. which mm. is political and very much of its time but it's yeah. i mean obviously war is something that we're going to have to grapple with for as long as we're humans on earth you can sort of address some of these concerns but make it a little more timeless yeah but yeah if the song's fucking kick-ass it's yeah kick-ass you know yeah. what i mean it's um it will be now and it will be 20 years time like i'm pulled in a million different directions that's the thing yeah. i'm, I'm my background is is kind of noise music, you know, Sonic Youth and MBV and, you know, Shellac and things like that. So I'm kind of not a dance kid, which people might assume. People might assume I'm kind of like the Avalanches or something like yeah. that. But I'm particularly live. I'm more into the idea of a kind of a an onslaught, you know, rather than it being, you know, really punchy and stuff. I think I'm more into the idea of noise and stuff like that. So it's always in there somewhere. Yeah. It's always taking the edge off things for me. By Bloody Valentine and Sonic Youth, especially, you're talking about bands that are really good about 
having a melody, but just sort of hiding it somewhere. I mean, obviously, yeah. you have to engage with it and you have to dig in order to get there, but it's there in all the songs. Oh, yeah. I mean, this it's kind of stealth, isn't it? Particularly MBV, I always thought of them as a pop group, really. Yeah. I mean, the melodies were just so delightful that you couldn't really you know you can just cover it in as much noise as you want it's almost like let's take something beautiful and kind of fuck it up yeah i kind of thought of it as like a british kind of idea in a way you know jesus and mary chain and it's kind of like almost the idea of making uh, keeping the grown-ups out in a way you know or putting a wall around it saying no squares here you, you know don't want to I mean? make it too accessible for people yeah i mean it's kind of you know it's that bubblegum noise thing again that's it that's the way it always will be for me maybe but it sounds like it starts the the same way for you that it's that it starts with a, a melody and kind of grows mm-hmm. from there yeah melody is where it's at for me and it's the thing that people rarely talk about with the go team almost as well <laughs> it's always a, a list of a shopping list it almost when with the go team it's yeah. double, it's double dutch it's blah 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 it's cop chases and stuff like that and the melody never gets spoken about really i think that that's my main concern really is hooks and i kind of think of myself in the hook business and finding them is so rare and elusive i kind of love that the the chase of it as well that they're so you know i could literally listen back to my phone and there'd be one thing yeah amongst 100 ideas and i'd go yeah that's cool that bit there you know so they are so rare and it's i love the way that no one's really sort of cracked it it's still as elusive to you know paul mccartney as it is for me you Mm -hmm. know no one's ever nailed it It's, it's still the idea of catching this is still this kind of really vague concept that no one's ever really cracked, you know. So I kind of like that idea of it, that it's just almost like mining. Is it clear the minute that you sing it into your phone that it's something worth keeping? Um, often I'll forget about it. Do you know when you do it that this is a particularly good one? I think so. I'm after to... It's a really funny one to think to, to explain. I'm after, yeah. I like, I like sort of curviness. I like kind of co- weird complicated melodies that some work you know um, you know they sort of double back in themselves yeah. <laughs> so I kind of wind up singing little things like that all, all, of, all the really simple ones are probably taken at this point yeah you have to kind of really yeah, yeah. This, that's how I spend my days is dreaming up those sort of little things obviously you've got a family and yeah is it the kind of thing that comes to you best when you are focused on other things oh yeah I don't really um if you sat, if I'd if never, I sat you down in a room and made oh, you write five shocking. melodies, be shocking. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes listening to records is a is a good one for me, and it almost sort of limbers up your brain. So by the end of the day, you're sort of pouring out these little ideas. You have to worry that you're not cribbing things though if you're doing it that way. Well, no, I, I never do. It's, I always sort of stop things before they resolve themselves. <laughs> so I kind of do my. I do my version of things, yeah. you know what I mean? It's I sort of that writing exercise. If somebody gives you the first two words, and you have to. Yeah, exactly. I I I think someone will start a line and I'll resolve it in a different yeah. way that I think is nicer or something. So it's like neg- negative space, it's something to work against. Mm. So that's that's why I do it. I listen to th- thousands of things, you know, from Bollywood soundtracks and, you know, old psyche things, whatever. So it's a good kickoff for me. And I, then at the same time, I'll hold these little drum breaks or whatever. And sometimes I'll even arrange things by chords you know mm. except i don't even know the name so i just got it one two three four <laughs> minor and break beats and all sorts of stuff that's really the most time intensive part of the process is pulling all of those together once you have a certain number of in place uh, once you have a certain number in place you sit down and then really start writing in earnest uh yeah it's such a blur to be honest i don't quite know how it happens but uh it definitely 
I will definitely start from one killer idea and grow outwards. So um, the songwriting is where it's at for me. And then once you've kind of got a verse and a chorus locked down, then you can really, that, almost like the fun starts there because you can find these other little ideas that could go into it. Sounds like all the hard work is done at that point. Kind of, yeah. And then, you know, then it's about arrangement and that's kind of gets interesting as well. Because yeah. I'm f- obsessed with the different directions songs can go as well. You know, is it going to be a sort of electro-y drum thing? Are you going to put steel drums on it? Is it going to be a big marching thing? Is it a choir? Is it, you know, a French accent? You know, it, so I'm kind of torn all the time. So I'm kind of pleased that, you know, the Go Team isn't sort of locked down to having a, a singer that we always use, even mm. though Ninja's so amazing. So the, the albums have lots of guest folk, different accents and scale. So one song could be massive, one could be a little cute sort of motuckery thing or whatever. Yeah. The possibility is just, you know, we're not locked down to like seeing being REM, where you have a bass, a guitar, yeah. you know, Michael Stark, you know, you do anything. It's as simple, though, as, as I want a French accent on this. Let me go find a French person to sing it. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm a great believer in making things happen. So that's, you know, why I went to Detroit and worked with uh, the teenage choir. Because I like forcing things. I like the idea of worlds colliding, clashing. Because there's no way that those teenagers would have thought about working with me or it wouldn't have even nor, uh, under normal circumstances there's no way these teenagers from Detroit would have crossed paths with me you know if I didn't sort of make it happen And but I've got something that they haven't got and they've got something I yeah. haven't got so there's come some that's what I'm into I'm into like yeah forcing things and because and, I think in 2018 I, th- I, I think you kind of have to force things like that otherwise you'll just wind up with another bass drums and mm. guitar song you know what I mean things get interesting when you when you make it happen and you go out of your world and things like that so I think indie music's maybe going to go in that direction more where people are going to step out of their own little world and the mix between sort of black and white music will kind of get blurred and stuff yeah. like that and it will be, indie will get more R&B-ish or whatever or vice versa and I think even in R&B at the moment it's getting weirder isn't it so yeah. I think that's Janelle Monet. that's where yeah. That's where things are getting interesting, where genres really start freaking with it, you know. I mean, you have to be really ambitious to make it happen. And you were able to do it right out of the gate with that first record. How close was that to the idea of the band that you had in your mind? I mean, I did every song song by song, but collectively they became this sort of Technicolor manifesto or something, yeah. you know what I mean? They, I don't know. It, they did naturally happen one by one. The full vision wasn't really there until all the pieces uh, were in place. I think sort of subconsciously, yeah. I knew I knew I liked kind of gang vocals, so I figured because I didn't really have access to like a double Dutch team or something, I would hunt down VHSs of you know shitty B movies about cheerleaders and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> and I knew I liked trumpets. I knew I liked sort of Bollywood strings, and I knew I liked distorted, roomy kind of drums and stuff like that so it kind of was a checklist of things i was into but it didn't feel forced i was trying to make them naturally work as songs you know i guess that's always been the case you know pleased that even today i think thunder lightning strike still sort of stands up as a i don't think it's dated particularly badly i still think the idea of this kind of channel hoppy kind of almost sellotaping these different genres together still feels kind of modern in a, in a strange kind of a way i'm pretty pleased with it really i don't think it's Sort of jars, particularly with 2018. In fact, maybe bands are becoming more like that. I don't know. I don't know. 
super organism, whoever you want to call it. <laughs> I usually get this response when I talk to bands that even the sort of the most bandy of bands it still has to be run like a dictatorship in a sense. I mean, there really does have to be that one person with the clear vision if it's going to work at all. Yeah, I mean, it's so messy. I, I think... I mean, I guess that's one of the reasons why we're still here is that, you know, if you're relying on every all six of us yeah. to, to collectively write and one person falls out with another one yeah. and can't, you can't practice and it just gets so messy. So Everyone votes their songs up. And yeah, as, as amazing as everyone is in the band, I think, yeah. I mean, they're so much better musicians than I am, you wouldn't believe. If you're if you're coming to the gig, you should check out <laughs> our bassist and drummer. And, yeah. Oh, man. Like I say, you definitely need someone with the kind of the... Who answers the question, who are we? Is it hard recruiting people who are much better players than you are to make a record oh, with no. you? I mean, that's my thing. I mean, I, I could sort of practice guitar and actually try and learn how to play, <laughs> but my approach is that if you've got the song locked down and yeah. it's kind of a watertight song, you can find the right guitarist for it eventually. Do you think there's an advantage in not necessarily being able to play all the parts? No, I'd like to be better. I mean, I'd like to be able to do picky stuff. And, you know, that's where the, the whole sort of team idea comes in that everyone brings their own thing to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm really into that idea that you can do something I can't do. So, you know, we're a genuine team or a genuine band, you know, but I, but I write the music. Did the team part of it kind of dissolve on the last record, though? Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I mean, the process hasn't, hasn't been massively different. Most of the time, I'm, I'm there hoarding these lot of yeah. ideas and stuff. But so, whereas I would have played lots of the instruments on the last time, I, you know, I'd, I would make that phone call and get everyone to do their thing on it. So just, yeah, just making it happen as best I can, you know. It must be a different experience from that standpoint, at least. I mean, and, and clearly, there's something in the idea of the band if it was something that you wanted to return to on the last record. Um, got, got the band back together. Yeah, I mean, the lineup is different from when we first started, so there's three new people yeah. in it as well. You know, like Simone's an amazing drummer, and Ninja is... I don't think I'd be lying if I said that she was, you know, one of the best front women in the biz, you know yeah. what I mean? She's ridiculous, you know? So, yeah, I, th- I think we still think we're an unusual little band, you know? <laughs> Obviously, it's a testament to all of their abilities if you feel like you do have access to innumerable amount of people when it comes to putting this record together, and you keep really kind of gravitating toward the same people there there must be something there yeah i mean like i say i'm into the the idea of the team and if you've got good people around you then there's no reason to change it really i don't think i didn't never thought of us as a collective which some people people describe us as it's just a a revolving just a lineup that has just evolved over the years really you know but i think we're kind of potentially better than we've ever been though and we use live trumpets with us you know on the stage now what we did in the uk leg anyway we couldn't really afford it in the american tour but um so that's a new thing for us is using live horns and that kind Mm -hmm. of ah, the attack that you get from that side of things as well i mean obviously you're a fan of mixing things up in general when it comes to making the music itself but the key is having that same skeletal structure in place and then essentially building on top of that. Yeah, I never really factor in the life thing, actually. When I'm writing, I'm, I'm just purely I'm just purely thinking about the song, but I know that somehow we'll be able to do it yeah. because we're so, they're so good as musicians that we'll make it happen somehow, whether we have to use an MPC to trigger samples or whatever. But if, I mean, if, if I had to faithfully reproduce everything we did, <laughs> there'd they'd be just, it would just get ridiculous. You know, yeah. I'd, I'd need like a, probably a six-piece horn section. It, you would be the polyphonic spree. Yeah, which... Uh, you know, we'd need a gang of girls on stage, yeah. you know, it'd be all sorts of... So we kind of do what we can, really, yeah. you know. The show ends tonight, and you just go home and go back to being a family man for the time being. And the songs yeah. just 
Do you slowly start collecting them? <laughs> so I've always got a backlog of, of ideas that I think will find a home one day. So yeah. it's kind of about working through that. And where the go team goes next, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. There you go. That was Ian Parton of the Go Team. Recorded that one at La Place en Rouge in Manhattan. Thanks so much to him for taking the time to do that. You can check out their wonderful new record, Semicircle, that is out now on Memphis Industries. Thanks to Hector for helping set up that conversation. Thanks to you guys, as always, for listening to the show. If you do like the program, there are a number of ways to support us. Please rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to get the show. Like us on Facebook. If you've got any feedback, it's rylcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr. That's rylcast.tumblr.com, and that's about it for this week, so stick around because we'll be back just about this time next week with another episode of R.I.Y.L.